This is the EWN Podcast Network. This is episode number four of the Feminine Essence Podcast. Welcome to Feminine Essence. Feminine Essence is a podcast for women following their passions in business. Each episode of Feminine Essence, we feature interviews and advice on how to increase your visibility with greater success and impact while inspiring you to step into your feminine essence. Here's your host, Steffi Joe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Feminine Essence. This is a podcast for women following their passion in business. And I'm Steffi Joe, your podcast host. My goal is to connect you with feminine entrepreneurs who themselves are connecting and creating and cultivating their own businesses from the authenticity of their essence, from their very core. And everyone's got different ways. And that's what's so exciting is there it just there's like this pool of podcast guests out there because everyone is so unique. And but everyone you know, there's those guests that I'll be bringing on at different times that are either strong in their their message and their passion around connecting or creating or cultivating as a way to grow and learn and move our businesses to the next level. But today, my guest is Elaine Williams, and she is not only a feminine entrepreneur, she is a stand-up comedian and I would say from her life and from her experiences, she's got a lot to share with us. And I love her mission and how she makes me laugh because she's so infectious. And I think that you're truly going to love her. And we have a lot of laughs together, but there's a, a purpose to her laughter. And that's what I love is, you know, to me, I guess, laughter I've lived with uh, many, oh, I guess, connections in my family and such that laughter was an everyday occurrence. And what I learned um, and what I've taken away from laughter is that it, it does help us heal and is just one of those fundamental actions that, if, that our body loves it, it, it helps our bodies, it helps our minds and it helps our, our spirit or our essence. And so I am a proponent and a, just an advocate for laughter. Anyways, so I went off on that little tangent. But what I also love about Elaine is her passion for helping to heal through finding our voices. And by using our voices to create connection with audiences as a way to foster acceptance and trust and confidence. Here's where um, I bring her today in my podcast for the connection piece. For one, she's very strong in, in helping others to, to make that connection. It's not only with, you know, with others, but it's with ourselves. And isn't that, you know, I believe that that's, you have to connect with yourself first and then connect with others. But she does this also in a way, not only to help others to learn about bringing their voices out as a way to connect. But she helps in, the, in with the voices. She helps them craft their stories and voice those. Help. It's almost like a connection to, in my words, connection to your core essence. And when you connect, you understand your story in a way that you can voice it and be with others. 
So anyways, I could go on about that, but I want to introduce you. I want to get Elaine here so you can listen to her beautiful heart and her beautiful message. So for over a decade, Elaine Williams has been helping conscious business owners step onto the stage, step in front of the camera and into their power. Elaine is an award-winning stand-up comedian, a speaker who, who's appeared on Saturday Night Live, America's Got Talent, HBO, ABC, NBC, Fox TV. She shared the stage with Amy Schumer, Open for Dane Cook, been featured in the New York Times and on Hay House Radio, and is a blogger for Huffington Post. Elaine combines her coaching certifications from the late Debbie Ford, New York Times bestselling author, and JFK University with her 30 plus years of performing in theater, film, TV, voiceover, radio, and stand-up comedy to transform her clients into captivating speakers on camera and on stage. So only 7% of communication is with actual words. The rest of it is body language, energy, tone, and delivery. So her clients are able to connect quickly with any audience and use their sharpened speaking skills to engage and captivate with stories. Speaking from the stage is a learned skill, not some inborn talent. Unlike speaker coaches, Elaine continues to perform stand-up comedy in the New York City area, and she speaks on college campuses across the U.S., Recent colleges include Kent State, Notre Dame, Utah, Austin, Sunny, Empire State, and U of Wisconsin at Green Bay. The TV pilot, Room for Improvement, about Elaine's life as a landlord, comic, and speaker, was a finalist with Lifetime TV and A&E in the New York TV Festival. And Elaine was voted the top up-and-coming comic in the New York Underground Comedy Festival. Woo! She has so much to offer. Like I said in the beginning, she has so much to share with us from her life and experiences. Just unbelievable. And that's why I'm so excited to bring her here to you. So let's get started. And here is Elaine Williams. Well, welcome, Elaine. I'm so excited to have this chat with you, and um, you're, you're just awesome. And I can't wait for the, the listeners to get to know you better, to understand what you do, what you bring you know, to the table here. And so I got so many questions, but I don't want to give them all at one time. <laughs> so Thanks I wanna... for having me. Thanks for having me, Sophie. I'm excited. Oh, oh good. I'm so glad, but here's what I would like to start with, and um, because I know there's so much to you, there's so much depth, and and I want to say depth and breadth. <laughs> there's a lot to you. So, but what I'm really excited to start with for um, our listeners is with what you want to share today with us. You know, can you tell us about? the passion around that, how, what got you started? What's your big why about it? Mm. And I don't want to give anything else out there. I want to turn it over to you. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just love this question 
So, you know, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional um, environment. And the one thing that was a constant for me was theater. And I fell in love with the whole concept of like a theater family and applause and love and self-expression. And, and I know that me personally, you know, cause there was a lot of, there was addiction and abuse and a lot of moving and turmoil. And the one constant was theater. And the, the two women who had the biggest impact on me, who were like mothers to me was my choir director and my horse trainer. So, you know, performance stuff. And I just know that having that outlet, it, it saved my life. It brought me from not running away, like long, long list of things. And that's one reason I'm so passionate about helping people find their voice. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when we're little, we're all like, ah, uh, uh, we're in the moment. We're not socialized. We're just, our emotions are all over, but we're not holding on to anything. And we're not mm-hmm. rehashing the past or freaking out about the future, right? And then we get socialized inside voices. Don't say that, you know. Mm-hmm. And But I think there's... We all have that little kid inside of us who wanted to jump and sing and and write and paint. And I think that it's our divine right to do that. And I believe that we are happier and more fulfilled. However that looks, for some people, it might be doing graffiti on abandoned buildings or something. For some people, it might be sewing. Like it can be all different kinds of creativity. But I believe if we help people find that voice there's more peace, there's more love, there's more harmony, there's more connection. It changes the world. So yes. that's, that's what gets me up in the morning and it, you know, keeps evolving in new and different ways. But I'm just so passionate about helping people find their voice mm. and, and heal and connect and uplift others. Mm. You know, what brings you to working with, you know, knowing that about you, knowing that passion, and that's what is fueling you when you wake up in the morning. Where did it come? Where did that passion come from to work with the female entrepreneurs or feminine entrepreneurs, as I say, or business owners? Mm, well, I've always been an entrepreneur. My father, you know, was a dentist and he worked his way through college. He had a, you know, paper route when he was 12 and he was always, and he's always got like these courses going on and, you know, we both love to learn. And I think so that was instilled in me, like a really strong work ethic and, um, you know, and just like wanting to be my own boss. So that was, that was driving. And then I just, I know I've struggled as a woman. I came from the South. So I was sort of like Southern and sweet. And then I had to really get tough when I moved to New York city (laughs) and I got really in my masculine of, you know, comedy and a steakhouse and, you know, and, and I had several people that told me I was doing a train the trainer and they said, you're the, you're the most powerful speaker in this room, but you need to soften the heck up. And I was like, wow. Mm. So I started doing yoga and meditating more. So I'm, I've been through that struggle and I'm, you know, sometimes I still feel like I'm like, where am I? But I feel like a lot of women, you know, I, I love to help people find that balance Mm -hmm. and feel connected. And, you know, Mm -hmm. another reason I love working with business owners is, you know, like they want to make a difference in the world. I believe that entrepreneurs, especially are how we're going to save the planet. And, you know, and I know people who are doing amazing work who are helping maybe 20, 40 people a year, which is awesome. But what if we could do 40,000, you know? And so that's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. I love video because that's a great way to help grow faster. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, I I like what you said about, and for you, you know, to understand 
that you were in your masculine more. And then you you did something to bring in the softness or to bring in the feminine. And would you say now, are you leading from your feminine? I am certainly trying. Um, and it's so funny, you know, I, I, uh, I feel like when I get stressed or triggered, you know, I kind of, we have a default mm-hmm. and I go into like busy and let's put my head down and get it done. And I'm really trying to catch myself with that mm-hmm. because I know I have to walk the walk mm-hmm. you know? and I try to do everything I'm asking my students to do and clients to do, take risks, be uncomfortable, stretch. So I, I know that when I'm under pressure, I have a tendency to go masculine, but I'm luckily I'm more and more, I'm bringing myself back and meditating mm-hmm. a couple times a day and putting in yoga again. And, you know, it's something I'm still learning. Yeah. So well, I, I just, um, I'm fascinated by this. So I'd like to uh, talk about this for just a moment, that the masculine and the feminine and the balance it sounds like you are finding that balance and are recognizing that there's a balance there. So I almost want to say, I guess, and I will say, (laughs) you know, because I've, I was in business for 34 years in a masculine world in, in aviation. Okay. So yeah. (laughs) I didn't go into my feminine until, you know, I, I walked away for the most part, maybe about 90% walked away from that business. And then I started balance. I went into the same thing and balancing, you know, my feminine and allowing that to come out and to come up. But I do the same thing when I have to concentrate or, or something comes up and it's business, 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 I go to my default of my masculine. So here's how I view it. The masculine part is part of me and it supports my feminine. And so isn't it okay to use the masculine when I choose to use it? Oh, that's great. (laughs) So I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. It's absolutely appropriate at times. Absolutely. Yeah. So it is part of us, but back to, there's also something else that comes up that I think about when I research you, let's just put it that way, is that you have a lot of humor in your life. <laughs> so you haven't mentioned the humor yet. So yeah. where, you know, where's your passion around the humor? How did that come into your life? Oh, thank you. I love, I love that question. You know, so I grew up performing uh, musical theater, Neil Simon, mm-hmm. and I did some improv. You know, I was always doing theater, voiceover, film, commercial, you know, like something was always coming down the pike. Then I moved to New York City and I got sober at the same time, which I would never recommend, but that's, that was part of my divine plan. It was very challenging. You know, I knew one person, you know, how much is water? $4. What? You know, um, it was just a lot of adjustments. I, there was a part of me that was like, I got to make up for lost time, which is, you know, I'm already intense. And to come from that forced, pushed, angry plate, like, whoa. So people kept saying, I would go into auditions and they were like, you are funny. You're not really fun to be around right now, but you're funny. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, cause I was just so driven and mm-hmm. just, you know, the first couple of years were hard. And I literally had like a hundred people, casting directors, agents, fellow actors, teachers, Elaine, you're funny. 
no, I'm not. What do you mean? Like, I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just like being my goofy, you know, vulnerable, authentic self. Yeah. But, you know, when finally, you know, and the thought of doing stand up, I was like, are you crazy? Like, and, and I was just about to take a class and then I watched the Seinfeld documentary about him coming back to stand up. Yeah. And I was like, he's having a hard time and he's Seinfeld. Like, <laughs> I remember I literally could not sleep because I think my soul knew that's where I was going. And the mm. other parts of me were like, no. So anyway, so, so I take the class and I'm horrible. I don't know how to write. I don't, I don't know how to be funny on demand. Like I'm horrible. Everybody else in the class has done it. I get up there. I work on my, you know, what I prepare all week. Mm-hmm. It's like crickets. My teacher's like, okay, put that to the side, Elaine. Just talk, talk about your family. And then people would laugh. So, but it was still like, I'd go home eating ice cream. I'd cry. Oh what am I doing? Oh. So I thought, just finish the class, Elaine. Just say you mm-hmm. tried it. You know, so I'm like, okay. So I do the, the show. I only invite super cool people. I prepare my little thing and I say, don't even expect laughs. Just pretend like it's a monologue and just get through this thing. So that's like the approach, right? And so I'm doing my thing and all of a sudden people are laughing like a lot. And I'm sort of like, wow. And I wish I had taped it because my friend said my face was hilarious because I was so like in shock. And then when I got to the family stuff, that's when I had my big epiphany. Mm-hmm. of like oh my god I'm supposed to help people oh like I have goosebumps like yeah oh my god like I'm gonna help people with my stories and my comedy because mm. there was so much abuse and trauma and and I've done a lifetime of work on it but like it was painful and I really got like some people won't have the opportunity to go to therapy like I did mm-hmm. or the landmark forum or you know, all the trainings I've done, mm-hmm. but they might go see comedy or they might catch a video. Mm-hmm. And my life made sense mm. for the first time, like on a, like, oh, now, <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, and, and it, and it was still hard in the beginning, you know, but now I always say, use my story for good. Yeah. I'm lucky to be alive and mm. use me. I'm here. Come through me, use me. And mm. I, I'm, you know, that still keeps evolving, but I love comedy because it, it helped me make sense of my life and it helped me lighten up because I was Mm -hmm. just like, lighten up Ethel, like, you know, I was just like, I got to make up for lost time, you know, and I had an (laughs) acting teacher tell me that once you start having wrinkles, it's over. So I was like, like, isn't that a horror? So, so, and I didn't even move to New York I'm 32. So, I mean, that was such a horrible thing. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, but um, I love comedy because it just helped me lighten yeah. up. And uh, you can bring oxygen into a room where there's no oxygen. Yeah. Where people are like, you know, so yeah. I just, yeah, I love it. Oh, you gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. But well, you have so many gifts in your toolbox here. And I, I, there's um, probably too many to talk about in this interview. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so for today and for our listeners today, what would you like to share with them about what you do or what is getting you up in the morning today? What's filling you up? And can you go with that? Oh, sure. Um, You know, I think that we are in, an epidemic of isolation and 
I'm not going to get political, but I, you know, I just feel like we've forgotten how to listen and talk and improv. You have to listen to your partner and say yes. And if they tell you you're a purple cow, you say yes. And you are an orange kangaroo or, you know, whatever. So I think, and I think deep down underneath the fear of being judged or cyberbullying or whatever, we're all just want to love and be loved and be seen and gotten and heard and be that for other people. And so I think one of the best ways to connect is with stories. Mm-hmm. And I know so many times people are afraid to be vulnerable. It takes courage, but I, that's where the juice is, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the limbs, right? And so I encourage people, you know, if you have a yearning to go be creative, follow that. The artist's way is a great book. Mm-hmm. There's so many cool things. You can contact me, like follow that, nurture that, start your own open mic, mm-hmm. start a talent show at your school for underprivileged teens. I mean, there's so many ways we can be creative and nurture that part of ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And and if you're a speaker or you want to be a speaker or you're an author or a coach, I really strongly suggest getting a speaker buddy. You know, as a comedian, I have a comedy buddy and we have so much fun. We text each other. We'll be like, okay, this is just an idea for a joke, but uh, like, or we'll, you know, like, and it's so fun because even if you're having the worst day, you're like, this is going to be really funny. I can't wait to try to write about this, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's a really good writer and I'm a really good performer. So we balance each other out. But when you have a speaker buddy, it's great mm-hmm. because, you know, you can, you can like do Zoom or you can say, okay, we're going to practice this week. We're going to practice. Um, we're going to study speeches on TEDx and discuss what we liked or what we didn't. Or like, this is such a great way to keep yourself moving forward because mm-hmm. speaking is such a double whammy step. People are like, Oh, I should already be good at this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, there's a big difference between speaking in real life versus mm-hmm. in front of other people or, you know, and we put all this pressure on ourselves. Like I should be good at camera. Well, unless you're a professional, you know, newscaster or actor, why would you, you know, and speaking is the same way. It's a craft mm-hmm. and there's a lot to it. And when, if you're willing to surrender to learning it, it's a beautiful, amazing skill mm. and tool. And it, it's more about the skill and being willing to be uncomfortable and practice versus talent. I think, I think we get all tied and wrapped mm. up in who has talent and am I talented enough? And I don't think that conversation serves us a lot of times. Mm. If you really want to do something and you're willing to put in the hours, try it. You may not become Pavarotti, but I bet you could become a better singer. You know, and speaking yeah. in the same way. Mm. Yes. You know, I hear and I connect with more and more about the story. And I like what you said. And it is different. I mean, it's understanding your story, being able to, you know, tell your story or be with that story around an audience authentically. And it's different speaking in front of groups or an audience than it is to your friends. <laughs> and, you know, as an entrepreneur or business women here, you know, there's, we need to be in front of our audience and our audience is our clients, or we may have group coaching or whatever it is, but there is a way to communicate that's different. And the whole internet the it's about the attention it's putting yourself out there 
and Facebook Live or the videos. And, and it's different than yesterday's world of business. And so now it's a whole new learning thing. Unless you're, you know, 12 years old, 15 right. years old. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of selfie queens out there. My right. granddaughter's one. But, you know, that's that's their world now. So I believe, you know, and, and for me, it's a new world. And so it is clunky. It is, I need help. You know, how do we do this? And, and so it sounds like this is what you're helping. I might be your perfect client. <laughs> Well, and I, and I, because here you are, you're this beautiful woman who I can't believe you're a grandmother. Like, I'm like, you are a sexy grandmother. You are sexy. Oh, thanks. You know, but it's like, you're this beautiful woman with all this amazing work. And still, I bet it feels scary. We all have visibility blocks. Like Mm -hmm. I'm out there, but if you said, Elaine, Oprah wants to talk to you, I'd be like, ah, (laughs) we all have a level of something. And you know, and for when I first started doing video, I was like, hi, everybody. Um, you know, and I was, I was saying something, but who I was being was, I hope you like me. Oh, I don't want to bother to, you know, like I was being this sort of meek Southern 12 year old girl. <laughs> and I realized it was, I was afraid I was going to get bullied. Mm. And, and so I had to really kind of lean into that. And one of my mentors, somebody wrote something really kind of not very nice about her in a very public forum. And of course she, her feelings were hurt, but she handled it with such grace. And her teacher said, that's being bullied is a sign that you're on your way. You're standing out, you're being bold and how Mm. you handle it is going to be way more important because most people, they're going to look like the jerks, whatever. And, and so when I was able to flip that and go, oh my gosh, that means I'm, you know, I'm getting a reaction. People are listening to me. I would rather have that than like, eh, you know? And yeah. so just that freed me up. And, wow. and so far, not going, I've only had one person who just, you know, whatever. And you, you can just delete the comment or, you know, I'm sure more will come. But I mean, there's amazing, like people sit around and make these crazy videos, critiquing <laughs> some of the most amazing people in the world. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's what you're doing with your day. Okay, whatever. Yeah. And, and again, it's like coming back to my why, mm-hmm. you know, I want to make a difference. I want to know that my life here made a difference and I had an impact and, and I know it has, and there's more work for me to do. And I, you know, I'm not a, a mother, but I'm an aunt and a big sister. And I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of amazing children in my life, but you know, I want to make a difference. I want to be used up. And so when I can think about that commitment, it's so much bigger Oh, look at her hair. Like, yeah, I have crazy hair. I'm sorry. Like, if you look at my YouTube channel, some days it's like, oh, and other days you're like, what is happening? Like, but my commitment to give value and make a difference and connect is so much bigger than, yeah, you know what? Someday maybe I'll have a person who can help me with my hair more often, but right now it's me. So here we go. Like, you know, and then anybody who can't get past that, then they're not my client or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, like there's somebody, somebody who I adore her work. When I first heard her voice, I was like, oh no. Like, <laughs> it was like this. I mean, I was like, oh wow. But I, I had the, it took me a while. Mm-hmm. But after like three or four hours of listening to her, I was able to be with it. And I've even been to one of her events and I think her work is great. But at first I was like, oh no. Like, you know, like, and, and you know, some Aww. people just, 
you know, we, we give them space and, you know, and Mm -hmm. I hear the value and I see her work and what it's done for people so that I can step over like the voice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And then people want us to be human, right? Yes. And, and, you know, and I think every time we step out, we think I've got to be perfect. Mm. First of all, perfect doesn't exist and perfect doesn't help anybody. Mm. And I, and I, you know, the people I coach, especially, you know, these attractive, successful women, I said, you walk out on stage and if I'm having like a puffy day and you look cute and put together and successful, I hate you <laughs> for just a second. It's a, it's a cave woman, instinctual. Yeah. I'm not proud of it, but this, there is like a competition. You're winning. I hate you for a second, you know? And so if you can come out, if you look really pulled together and you can make some self-deprecating thing, then I'm like, oh, she's real. Now I can hear you. Mm. And, you know, and it's counterintuitive stuff because we think oh, I've got to be, and I'm not saying you want to go crazy with self-deprecating stuff. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this in my class of like, sometimes you need to bump up the credibility. If someone's like, oh, she just, this is our, and they don't seem like that into you or your credits, then maybe you need to come out really like, yes, I've been on America's Got Talent, you know, a little more credible. But if, and, you know, it depends on the vibe, but, you know, mm-hmm. people need to see that you're human mm-hmm. and then they can hear you. Yes. And so that's why I love talking about vulnerability and, and mm-hmm. being credible, but still like, hey, I'm here. We're yeah. all here. <laughs> it's almost, you know, I don't so much like to use this word anymore because it's like a saturated out there in the market, but it's being authentic and you say vulnerable, authentic, but it's almost though we understand what that is in our minds, right? But now we've got to be it on the outside so people can see it. And so it's a learning to be ourselves, isn't that? I think that's so funny is that we're learning to be ourselves, because we put on these, you know, I say costumes or, or things to yeah. go out into the world as a mother, as a business owner, whatever. But now we're learning how to take that off and just be. And there's a learning curve to being ourselves. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, you know, I feel like I've been in this Grand Canyon of transition mm-hmm. with the past couple of years of my life. So I'm still figuring out like this different persona. It's, it's still my essence. But there were some things that had to go <laughs> and some people were like, you know, and I just saw the movie eighth grade and it's so oh. adorable. She's so beautifully awkward and real oh. and so many great, great moments. And she's making these YouTube things saying, be yourself. And I thought, wow, oh. I can work with her. Like, yeah, oh, but nice. it's such a, it's a journey, isn't it? It's such it a is. Journey. It is. So, you know, everything that you're doing now and what we've talked about in the, this context of what you're doing and, and helping others and helping women entrepreneurs. I, I find myself, you can't see it probably on camera, but I'm going like this. <laughs> I just, this, this is so juicy. I just love this conversation. But what would be three takeaways for the audience around this conversation? Oh, I love that. I love that. So, you know, I'll say it again, like get a speaker buddy, or even if you don't want to call yourselves the speaker buddy, get a buddy that you, it's hard to work on your own story. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to cut the back of your own hair. Like you can do it, but then you're going to mess. You're going to have to pay somebody to fix it. Right. Like mm-hmm. we've all done that. And so 
there's something about I can pull this juicy stuff out of you. And a lot of times it's the stories you don't tell or it's mm-hmm. the second or third story. So, you know, again, if you can get somebody, maybe, maybe it's not a speaker buddy, maybe you call them your story buddy, but start just working on crafting some of your stories. Because if you think about it, that's how we connect with people. That's how we remember facts. You know, the London mm-hmm. School of Business did this survey and people who just were delivered facts remembered like 5% of it 10 days a week after they had been delivered this talk. Mm-hmm. But then when they did another survey or they did another thing with stories, they mm-hmm. remembered 75% of the wow. info. So that is, and, and, and I think we have to keep redefining stories it can be a joke. It can be two or three lines. It doesn't have to be these, you know, war and peace things. So I would say start crafting stories like your why, you know, the story of your business, the story of your evolution, painful lessons you wish you had known, you know, what I wish I, what I wish I knew then that I, now. So I would, I would say, you know, put, put some structure around that. And then also I love watching speakers. Mm-hmm. I will, on my lunch break, I will watch Ted talks and it's really important to just, instead of being, I don't like that, or, you know, like what could make this better? Or I was really into it and then they lost me. Or, you know, like um, there's a couple talks where in the beginning it's very like cerebral. And then the minute they get vulnerable, ah, you know, mm-hmm. so, like just start like playing with that. To me, those are great ways to learn and grow and work on your stuff. Even if you don't want to be a speaker per se, but it's just great to have a story or two in the back of your pocket. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. nothing. I, I've been on podcasts where they're like, can you stretch? I've been in front of 150 students and they're like, the other speaker didn't show. Can you go longer? Like, it's just great when you have stuff, you're like, yeah. And you know, there's a confidence when you feel prepared. 